This is a previous podcast replay. Believe in yourself, wisdom, motivation, and persistence with Kara Vaval, episode 261. Are you ready to make your law firm a profit-generating machine that will free up your time and skyrocket your impact? With more than two decades of business growth experience and having proven that you can be successful while prioritizing your family and your impact, introducing the Profit with Law podcast. I am your host, the creator of the firm differentiator 10x effect, Moshe Amsel. Well, hello and welcome to another amazing guest interview here on the Profit with Law podcast. I'm your host, Moshe Amsel, and boy, do I have a treat for you because I have somebody that just bounced into my life a few months ago, and she is just a bundle of energy and wisdom and grit, and I think that you're in for a treat. I don't know yet what we're going to talk about, but I think that this is going to be an amazing conversation. Uh, You're going to love her, and uh, you're not going to want to put the phone down. So if you're in a place where you're going to get interrupted, you might want to hit pause now and come back and listen to it when you're on the treadmill or doing something that you can give us that full, uh, I have no idea how long it's going to be, but 45 minutes, an hour, uh, because this is going to be one of those that you just don't want to turn off. And I am certain of that because our guest today is Kara Baval. Kara Baval is an author, keynote speaker, business development coach, and president of Vaval Law, a personal injury law firm. She's also the CEO of the Empowerment Institute, an education and empowerment platform geared towards delivering courses, training, and coaching services to students eager to create their best life. Kara is a mother of two amazing children who enjoys playing tennis on her free time. I wish I had free time to play tennis. Kara is known as the laptop lifestyle lawyer. Kara's message is one of courage, perseverance, self-confidence, and achievement. Kara's teachings are about harnessing one's individual unique life journey, gifts, talents, and perspectives to create and build lives, careers, brands, and businesses that bring joy, happiness, and fulfillment to living. And that's why I love what she's doing. Kara subscribes to the belief that when you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And I couldn't agree more with that. Kara leverages her tragic life experiences, her entrepreneurial journey as Pink Cadillac Sales Director with Mary Kay Cosmetics and her experience building a successful law practice to deliver powerful tested tools, techniques, and methods to cultivate cultivate discipline, increase productivity, and deliver results. You can catch her full story in her book, 28,000 Days, Make Yours Count, where she lays out the lessons brought by her successes and failures and her unconventional climb to success. Now, before I bring Kara onto the show, which I'm really excited to do, we're just going to take a moment to hear from some of our sponsors. Finding amazing employees is the toughest job for any business and especially for a law firm. You deserve to be the law firm owner you've always wanted to be, but you can't get there without a great team. Get Staffed Up helps you build your all-star team by staffing your law firm with incredible full-time offshore virtual assistants. Work with Get Staffed Up to save money and your biggest resource, time, while they find you the best English-speaking VAs in the world. Hashtag delegate your way to freedom. To learn more, go to ProfitWithLaw.com forward slash Get Staffed Up. ProfitWithLaw.com forward slash Get Staffed Up. 
Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior virtual receptionist service for small businesses. They specialize in working with solo and small law firms. I discovered Smith AI a couple of years ago and was blown away by the range of services, which are available at a cost any attorney, even those of you in the smallest solo practice can afford. Their friendly receptionists respond to potential clients in English or Spanish, screen and schedule new leads, and even take payment for consults. The best part is they don't just handle these conversations by phone. They also have live agents and chatbots capturing leads on websites and via text message. If there's one growth hack to your practice, this is it. Smith's friendly gatekeepers can staff your front lines. They'll capture new leads while you work uninterrupted. You can finally have the peace of mind that while you're working, you're not missing out on future work. Plans start at just $210 a month for calls and $140 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot, so there's no excuse. Try Smith AI today and see for yourself why attorneys like Justy Nickel in Colorado say Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth and client happiness. Smith AI offers a free trial and podcast listeners can get an extra $100 discount with promo code ProfitLaw100. That's ProfitLaw100. Sign up and learn more at www.smith.ai. Trust me when I say, don't let another day go by. Try Smith AI. Well, Kara, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm excited. So am I. And um, I gave you quite the intro. So you're going to have to step into some really big shoes right now. Uh, but I'm going to start off with a really easy softball question for you. And that's tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, cool. Uh, so uh, as you said in my intro, I am uh, now the laptop lifestyle lawyer, but it didn't, I wasn't always her. Uh, I am of Haitian descent. I actually grew up in Haiti and the Caribbean. I had a pretty charmed life growing up, all was well. And when I was 14 years old, um, my father, who was my idol, he was the larger than life guy, amazing human. Um, he was brutally murdered um, on the job working. Uh, he was working in a coffee business. And so life took a turn really early. I had to, I had to borrow the everything happens for a reason um, uh, a line for a while and hold on to that so that I can move on with life. I uh, left Haiti when I was 16 years old. I couldn't live there anymore. Justice was never served. Um, they knew who who um, it was involved and you know, no one was ever arrested. And it's very difficult to live in an environment like that, you know, as a little girl. And, um, and I was a daddy's girl and I also believed in justice, but I was living in an environment that didn't, didn't have justice available. Um, so I moved to New York when I was 16. So just a few years later, um, lived with my maternal grandmother for one year, put myself to my last year of high school in Queens. And um, I, I got myself a scholarship at Adelphi University in Long Island, went there and um, literally started my fall semester in September. And um, and November 17th, my house caught on fire and my grandmother didn't make it. And so it was just like, you know, 
um, the beginning of my life was just riddled with these crazy, tragic events where I was just like, you know, <laughs> I had to look to God, like, what the hell did I do to you? Like, do we have a problem here? Right. And so, um, that's how my life started. If I'm going to tell you about myself, I can't really tell you about myself without telling you how it began for me. Right. And so, um, with that, I, I, you know, she, she passed. I didn't have any financial support anymore because she was helping me out. So it was three jobs, taking 18 credits um, in school. I was a double major in, in poli sci and um, business administration. And so I wanted to finish on time. My last semester in, in college, I actually interned on Capitol Hill with Congressman Engel. So I still was able to do my little college experiences. And, um, and a year after graduating college, I moved down to South Florida for law school and uh, did that for three years. <laughs> and the story goes that uh, I took the bar. I took the bar um, after my three years. I was supposed to hear back from the bar September 2008. I graduated in May. So to September 2008, I was supposed to hear back because I sat for the July bar. And in August, I found out that I had passed a pregnancy test. Yeah, because that's because that's what you, you do. passed the wrong exam, right? <laughs> passed the wrong exam. <laughs> but boy, was that a great exam to pass that way. I'll tell you why. Um, at the time, I had I was clerking with uh, with uh, this attorney that I had done my clinic with. Um, in, law, in law school my last semester. And he was a securities litigation attorney. He offered me a job. And um, his job that he offered me as an associate came at a, uh, at a salary that was lower than what I was making in Manhattan, right, prior to going to law school. And um, he, he gave me the job. And I think he really was expecting for me to just be that rookie lawyer. He had 40 years experience in, in practice. He was older and probably just wanted me to come and work and do the thing. But, you know, I was pregnant. I was peeing all the time. I was eating everything. I was super sleepy all the time. And so I did not have the um, the oof, I think, that he was looking for. And so since he couldn't fire me, he tried to break me. And so it was a lot of um, uh, talk down, a lot of, uh, you know, I would draft a motion and then he was just throwing at me and say, you know, did you even go to law school? Like, what the hell is this? And so um, when my son was born, nine months later, I had unpaid leave. Um, originally, he was only letting me six weeks. And I said, look, I'm going to, I need three months. That's fine. Don't pay me. Um, and of course, Sally Mae back then, now it's Navinod, but back then Sally Mae, she wanted her money back. And so I needed the job. So I stayed until um, I had my son. And when my son was three months old, I really did not want to go back to work, but I needed money. I needed money so bad. And for me, when I have my back against the wall, the only thing I know to do is pray. And so I prayed so hard. I was like, God, please give me something. I need a lifeline. I don't want to go back to work. I don't want to put my kid in daycare. Um, and I don't want to work with this guy on top of it. 
right? And then miss everything with my kid for this, to put money in this guy's pocket. And so my answer to prayer really came in the form of a um, woman walking up to me at a Target nearby my home, offering me a facial with Mary Kay Cosmetics. And um, she came, she did the, her thing. The whole time I'm like, how much money can this woman possibly be making? She was really put together. She was an architect who was doing this full time. I'm like, you know, what is, what is, in, this, is in this cream, right? <laughs> so, so by the end of our time together, I became a Mary Kay consultant. I spent a hundred bucks. It was really one of my last hundreds left. Um, and I started selling Mary Kay with my law degree and bar license in hand. Um, you know, and I, I just started. Because that's your key selling point, right? <laughs> yeah, listen, and it's, it's crazy because, you know, I tell people all the time, I bought my freedom for a hundred dollars. And that's how I started in my entrepreneurial career. Um, I, I was doing that. I drove the pink Cadillac. I got the cars. I did all of that. And through uh, my Mary Kay success and with the Mary Kay money I was making, selling these skincare and, and color cosmetics and, and lipsticks. I remember my mom said, you went to law school and now you're selling lipstick? <laughs> yeah. Like who does that? But guess what? That lipstick business funded my law firm. And so here you are, you know, here we are 12 years later, um, running a super successful personal injury law practice down here in South Florida. And, um, you know, I did it really because um, I had a need. Originally, I just needed to, to have this business to, to help me make a living and not have to sacrifice being a, a mom. I wanted career, but I also wanted mom. And so, uh, yeah, here we are. And now I'm, you know, the whole laptop lifestyle lawyer came to be. We could talk about that, but I'll, I'll catch my breath, let you ask the yeah, questions. Yeah, I can talk nonstop. Are you still a Mary Kay cosmetics saleswoman? <laughs> no, I did it for five years. And when I was pregnant with my daughter, um, I, I really wanted to maximize my law degree. I said, you know what? I went to law school. Um, I loved what Mary Kay did for me, for my head, really, because Mary Kay, when you're in these kinds of business, it's a lot of personal development. It's a lot of mm -hmm. head work, right? right? And you got it because you're, you're learning to bounce back from all the no's and, you know, having this inner fortitude to keep pressing on, even though it's a very, um, you know, it, it's very discouraging sometimes you do working in sales in the field and meeting strangers and doing skincare classes and I didn't know these people um, but what Mary Kay also did for me is give me the business tools that I didn't get um, in law school Mary Kay taught me how to run a business from home, how to um, have super low overhead and still be able to clean, uh, you know, clean out some really good profits. And that's, you know, that, that was huge for me. And, um, and I took all of these things that I was learning in Mary Kay and applied them to the firm. And, 
you know, customer service and everything was just, I approached it from a business perspective, not just like a law practice. It wasn't just me working as a lawyer. I was running a business. And so, and that, that's what I teach now to lawyers, but, uh, that was, that was all Mary Kay. And so, um, what, what ended up happening for me was I, I grew the practice as I was working my Mary Kay business and I got to a point where it was like, okay, I want to be a lawyer and I want to, I want to give this a fair shot. And so, um, I bowed out of Mary Kay, hadn't learned all this great stuff. And then I, I grew my practice. You know, it's interesting. Um, first of all, I've never shared this on the podcast, but I used to sell Amway. Um, so I also was a multi-level marketing, um, you know, business owner. Uh, so I know exactly what you're talking about back when I was doing Amway, um, the media that we were using was cassette tapes. Uh, and I literally had this massive, you know, bag of cassette tapes that was all organized. And I would, and anytime I was in the car, I was driving to work, I was driving home, I was driving to clients. Um, you know, back then I was working in the IT industry. Um, I spent a lot of time in the car and I was always listening to these tapes. And um, I, 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 that maybe that's why I'm, I'm an avid podcast listener, but I miss those. I miss some of, some of the, the, the really, you know, just rah, 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 keep it going stories of, you know, that people share, um, you know, that have done it in that business, but though, you know, those, those personal development, um, inputs that you get in, in those businesses are massive. And if we can harness some of that in what we do, it's, it, it could really change, um, how we approach every day, um, of what we're doing. Uh, and it's so true you need to be able to persevere. You need to be able to stay consistent. You need to be able to stay true to your plan. We were talking before the podcast about, about this exact thing. Um, and you learned that in your experience with Mary Kay and a lot of law firm owners who are going from working for a law firm to starting their own, their own law firm. Um, they didn't learn that somewhere else and they have to learn it here. And it's very disheartening because you think that you're just going to open a law firm and you're just going to bill your time and you're going to make money and you're going to collect more than you were collecting, you know, in your paycheck. And it doesn't work that way. Uh, and it's a real eye opener for people to figure that out uh, and then to try to figure out how to navigate it. Um, another thing that you, you took from your Mary Kay experience is, you know, how you, how you work with customer service and all that. Um, and that reminds me of John Strohmeyer, who is another one of our speakers at the Law Firm Growth Summit, uh, which I didn't do in your intro, by the way. So uh, Kara was one of our speakers at the Law Firm Growth Summit. So thank you very much for coming and presenting um, and sharing with our audience. Um, John Strohmeyer used to work for Four Seasons as a hotel manager, the night manager in, in the hotel. And he has a thriving practice. Um, and he teaches, he just started, I, I don't even know if he teaches it for money, I, I, but he started his own podcast um, and he teaches how to, um, how to approach your law firm from the, the place of stellar customer service based on his experience at the Four Seasons where everything that they did was about providing a certain experience to somebody who walked into any of their hotels. And they wanted you to have the same experience no matter which hotel you walked into. Um, and if we approach that for our law firm, where every client gets the same experience, 
that will also drive a lot of what you do, like systems and processes and making sure that everything is done exactly the same way with each person so that they're all having, you know, if they're all walking away with the same amazing experience, then they're all going to be the same amazing review. They're all going to be the same amazing person who goes out and gets you more clients because they love the experience they had. Um, customer service is, it, it, you know, stellar customer service and customer experience is the, is the foundation of a good business. And if you're missing that, uh, that piece of it, um, everything will fall apart because all the work that you do on the front end to drive people through the door gets lost when they don't have that stellar experience. And that means you have to work so much harder to keep bringing people through the door. And ultimately it becomes so hard that you probably can't exist or can't sustain it. Uh, so I love, I love that. Um, I want to go back to your personal story and just say that, you know, oh my gosh, you know, losing your dad in that way at that age must have been unbelievably um, difficult for you. Uh, I didn't know this about you. So for me, it, it, I'm, you know, it, it was traumatic for me to hear it now, you know, so you're used to talking about it, but um, uh, un unbelievably, uh, you know, I'm a paramedic. So uh, I, I'm, I've been exposed to a lot. Um, but to know somebody who's gone through that level of trauma, um, you know, uh, on, on that level is, uh, it's, it makes it more personal. It makes it more real. Uh, and, um, I just want to, you know, it's, it, it's much later in life, but I just want to share with you that, you know, I empathize with you and, um, and, and, uh, I'm, I'm sure that your dad is looking down on you and really, um, with a smile on his face, knowing that you're, you're leading this amazing life, um, you know, that he was raising you for. Um, and your grandma too. Uh, so these, you know, these stories are, they're heart wrenching, but they also make you more resilient. They make you the person that you are. Uh, and that's why we're here having this conversation. So um, it, it's, it, it's your story to tell. And, and I, I appreciate you being willing to share that with us so openly right at the beginning of the show. Um, I'd love to now move away from that a little bit and talk about, um, your experience in, in law. Uh, first of all, I was surprised that you chose personal injury and not criminal. Um, judging from your story, um, I would think that part of your motivation of becoming a lawyer had to do with the fact that there was no justice for your dad's death. Um, so tell me about that. Am, am I on the, on the right track there with, with what your motivation was and how did you well, end up actually, in personal injury? Um, I will tell you my motivation was I wanted to make my father proud with my choice of career with um, what I did with my life. And, you know, I, I appreciate you saying that, you know, he would be smiling down on me because I've done everything in my life to create that smile. Really, that's been what's been the driving force in my life is you know, everything I do, every um, move I make, it's like, what would my dad think? What would, would that honor him? Um, just if I, if I ever um, become, I always say, if I ever become uh, half of the human being that my father was, then I've done an amazing job at living my life. I mean, he was just a tremendous human. And uh, my motivation was more from that 
perspective. I went to law school partly for that and partly because people said, you talk a lot, Kara, you should be a lawyer, you know, because I can talk. And so there was, there was that piece. Um, criminal law, I never could touch believe it or not, because um, I could never represent someone that I believed was um, guilty. Oh, I could not do it, no matter how skillful um, criminal defense lawyers uh, become and, and are able to do that, I could never do that. And if, if and I, I know some people need that kind of representation, but um, I was on the victim end of it. It wasn't like I had, um, you know, this, this, was, this was something that for my heart to be in it and to passionately and zealously represent someone, I would have to 100% believe that they were um, innocent. And to be honest with you, you can't really make a living doing that. And so um, PI is really where I can um, serve clients, get them justice, and put money in their pocket and they're always happy. I practice a bit of immigration and a bit of family law. That's um, really heavy energy. I'm a very energy person as well now more than ever. So I can't have my work bring anything but pure joy, pure bliss, pure satisfaction. And writing checks to clients is the way that I achieve that in practicing law. So uh, yeah. Yeah, it's in, it's interesting that you that you put it that way that um, you pay the clients rather than the clients pay you. It's an interesting perspective on contingency, uh, which I never thought of it that way. Uh, you know, the the reality is is that you're just taking your fee out of their cut. So really, it's not you you know writing the check, but it's coming out of your trust account. So it's coming out uh, of my trust account and right. I'm the one handing it to them. So for right. all they know, you know, I'm Santa Claus, right? Exactly. <laughs> and then, exactly. So it's very easy to get the reviews after that. Right. Right. And, and I will, and going back to your point of um, customer service and the fact that lawyers sometimes don't really focus on that. It's just they're delivering this legal service. Um, you know, that's also why I don't have a, the threat of competition or I'm never afraid of whether I'm going to have competitions. I know the service I'm delivering. I, my, my entire practice is, um, is, is constantly um, about that. It's about the service that the client is getting. And that's why I get the referrals back. That's why I have clients. I mean, I still get referrals from my very first clients 12 years ago. Um, you know, clients I had 12 years ago are still referring business to me. And um, I don't fear competition because nobody's going to touch their case the way I am. And I can sell myself from that angle all day long. And I will tell them, I'm like, look, I don't have the billboard. I'll never have it. You can go to that firm though, except that when you call, you're not going to talk to the attorney on the billboard. You're going to speak to a junior attorney there. You're not going to get the kind of love and, 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 um, and um, attention that I know I can give your case, but you know, you can do that too. You could opt for that. But I also know the value that I bring, which is more than legal work. I bring a human being with a story and with compassion and with, with a desire to really make your day so I can get your review. <laughs> right. Well, you know, Kara, I think it's really important for our listeners to listen carefully to what you're sharing because you know 
Um, this is what what uh, in business speak we call the unique selling proposition, right? You know your right. USP, and you you know it so well that you're willing to um, address the elephant in the room in the sales conversation. And so many attorneys are afraid to. They, they dance around the fact that there's somebody else out there who this person might be considering to represent them. And you just, you, you meet it head on. You're like, Hey, look, right, because I know I that there's other that people person. out there that can solve this problem for you. And I am going to give you X, Y, Z that they won't. And if that's something that you need or value, then you're going to want to work with me. And if it's not something you need or value, then maybe you do want to go with that other person and, and you're okay with that. The thing is, Moshe, you got to learn. I think that what gave me freedom to really be me is that I address the truth of what is. Like things are what they are. I'm not trying to make it look like it's something else. You know, the guy with the big billboard definitely has more dollars and maybe even more experience than I do. But the reality is that he is working on volume and I'm not. So because my, my caseload is so much smaller, I want to turn each case into the most amount of dollars I can for my client. You know, I even have it in my signature line, not a penny less. I'm not getting you a penny less than we can get because I'm getting 33% of it. I'm not even getting it for you. I'm getting it for me. Right. So, right. And I, but that's what it is. Isn't that what we do when we work on a contingency basis? We are working to get our client the most amount of money, but we're also getting paid on it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to act like I'm not, I am. It's the truth. And so, yes, there are other lawyers that may have more experience, more dollars, whatever. What do you want? Finding amazing employees is the toughest job for any business and especially for a law firm. You deserve to be the law firm owner you've always wanted to be, but you can't get there without a great team. Get Staffed Up helps you build your all-star team by staffing your law firm with incredible full-time offshore virtual assistants. Work with Get Staffed Up to save money and your biggest resource, time, while they find you the best English-speaking VAs in the world. Hashtag delegate your way to freedom. To learn more, go to ProfitWithLaw.com forward slash Get Staffed Up. ProfitWithLaw.com forward slash Get Staffed Up. Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior virtual receptionist service for small businesses. They specialize in working with solo and small law firms. I discovered Smith AI a couple of years ago and was blown away by the range of services, which are available at a cost any attorney, even those of you in the smallest solo practice can afford. Their friendly receptionists respond to potential clients in English or Spanish, screen and schedule new leads, and even take payment for consults. The best part is they don't just handle these conversations by phone. They also have live agents and chatbots capturing leads on websites and via text message. If there's one growth hack to your practice, this is it. Smith's friendly gatekeepers can staff your front lines. They'll capture new leads while you work uninterrupted. You can finally have the peace of mind that while you're working, you're not missing out on future work. Plans start at just $210 a month for calls and $140 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot, so there's no excuse. Try Smith AI today and see for yourself why attorneys like Justy Nickel in Colorado say, Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth and client happiness. Smith AI offers a free trial and podcast listeners 
can get an extra $100 discount with promo code ProfitLaw100. That's ProfitLaw100. Sign up and learn more at www.smith.ai. Trust me when I say, don't let another day go by. Try Smith AI. Do you want that guy or that gal? And that's fine. Either way is fine with me because, you know, there's somebody around the corner who wants me. So I'm fine. I have my try, right? Or do you want to give me a shot and see what I can give you because this is who I am? And this is how I started this practice. And this is why I run this business. And this is, you know, and, and if you can really stand in the truth of who you are and why you do things and really honor that space in yourself, then you can show up that way and people will honor that as well in you. You know, I am a mom of two and I do run a practice virtually so that I can be at pickup at 2.30, right? And so I let my clients know, I'm not trying to act like I'm this super, you know, stuffy, like I have a suit on all day. No, I don't. I have yoga pants all day actually, right? <laughs> so today I wore pants, I, I promise. But you see what I mean? It's just, I keep it real. And I am wearing running pants right now as we're interviewing <laughs> with my... <laughs> so yes, I totally, I, I, I totally understand and, and agree with you. And I think that um, ultimately what, what comes across in this conversation is that you're confident with who you are and you're confident with what you provide. And that confidence comes through when you talk with potential clients. And it's that confidence that sells you more than the actual unique selling proposition, more than what you're actually bringing to the table, more than all those things that, you're, that, that, we, that we talked about. What's really getting people to be attracted to you is the fact that you believe in yourself and you believe in what you're doing, and you're not going to be upset if they if that doesn't work for them. You're not right. going to be upset if they if they're a no. This goes back to your Mary Kay experience, right? It takes no 99 no's to get to a yes. Say that. All the time, no means next. So it was never, you know, oh my God, no. They're not saying no to me. They're saying no to what I'm offering them. And there's a lot of times, how many times have you walked into a shoe store and you look at the shoes and you said, no, I don't want it. Right. It's okay. You know, it's right. not like Nike's going to shut down because you didn't buy their sneakers. They don't care. You can go to Adidas. Like, well, who cares, right? right? There's somebody else who's going to come into their door and buy their Nike shoes. Right. The way I look to look, I like to look at a no is you're one step closer to a yes. You had to go through a certain number of no's to get to a yes. So now you get to check one more no off your list. Absolutely. Um, and, um, you know, this, this conversation, it, it's interesting because it's taking a life of its own. It's going to where it wants to go. Uh, I, I don't know that we talked that we were planning to talk about selling. Um, but the reality is, is that a lot of attorneys struggle with this because they're not salespeople. And I want to switch gears for a moment because you don't have to but be a good salesperson. Okay, yeah. before you, okay, so because because the whole they're not selling. Did you sell yourself to your wife? Um, I she imagine it was it was she a very you very you long. Sold your personality. We're all selling ourselves all day long. She bought it. She bought into it. Yeah, it, it was a very long sales process, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but she, but but you know, it, it was a successful one. And you know, right. people look at sales as this 
you know, the word sales has such a bad rep, but that's what we do. We sell ourselves all day. If you want, even if it's in a friendship or in a relationship or, you know, however, I mean, I think I, I sell myself even to my kids, you know? And so I, we all are selling ourselves all day long. And before we go full throttle into the sales conversation, I want to go back to, you said something about me being confident, you know, the, the, where the confidence comes from is, you know, when I realize that out of the 7 billion people who are on this planet, there are no two caras, the game changed. I know like nobody can substitute. There's no substitute for me. There's no substitute for you. Nobody can run the profit with law summit. Like, you know, nobody can run it like you. Nobody can touch you at being motion. Like your special sauce, only you have it. Just like my special sauce, I'm the only one who can bottle that shit. So right. excuse my French. So <laughs> I'm not worried about someone doing it better than me. They're never gonna do it better than me. They're gonna do it the way they do it. That doesn't mean it's better than me. It's just how I do it is different. I'm in my own lane. I'm carving my own, it's my own world. So if you can approach that with your law firm, you know, then all of this, all of these insecurities and fears can give way to um, free thinking and creativity and, and uh, abundance. Really, because abundance right. cannot flow where um, fear and, and limited thinking and limited belief and, and all of this stuff lives. You know, I always say fear and faith cannot live in the same house. You know, you either have faith in the house or you have fear. Both cannot coexist in the same house. And so that's where I think my confidence came from is because I knew that my life and everything brought me here. Everything has happened for me to be who I am here. I'm exactly who I'm supposed to be. And I'm exactly who I'm not supposed to be. And I'm not trying to operate from the, sh the, the, the shoes of somebody I'm not. I'm in Karen's shoes. I'm comfortable. They fit me. And yes, I do have a lot of shortcomings. And yes, I have flaws beyond, you know, like all over the damn place. But that's also why I'm me. And so from that space, let me go ahead and do what I do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so much of what you said it brings up, I mean, we had a long conversation before we started recording. So I have to remember, hey, did we talk about this or not? Um, you're talking about this, this abundance and abundance, you know, people don't really comprehend or recognize what an abundance mindset allows you to do. But if you have, if you truly embrace abundance, you will solve 99% of your problems. Because abundance allows you to approach the, the workplace, the marketplace with an understanding of the fact that there is, there, there is not a finite pie for us to grovel over. And I'm trying to get the biggest slice I can, but rather the pie can be as big as I want it to be. And there's enough for everybody. And when you do that and you recognize that there is no such thing as competition, that I, like you said, I, you know, I bottle my own sauce, right? I'm who I am and I'm going to serve my market. Um, we, back in, in May and June of last year, we did a series of podcast episodes and interviews all leading up to a promotion for information products. Okay. Um, I'm a big believer that attorneys have a unique 
opportunity that they are not using. It's an untapped market and untapped potential because the people that you serve, not all of them need legal representation, but all of them need advice on how to fix their problem. And we're in the business of charging for representation and not, not charging for advice. And if you can figure out how to find the person, the step before they need the legal representation and give them that advice for a fee, then you have a whole nother practice area you've opened that opens up an, an opportunity that now creates your own market because they were never shopping for an attorney. So now they go through your thing, they go through that process. And if, if at the end of it, they've solved their problem, great, mission accomplished. But if they haven't solved their problem, then where are they going to go for their legal representation? You, they're not moving That's to anybody else. You're all, you already got them this far into their journey. The next step is naturally you. So um, I believe that with an abundance mindset, you can look for opportunities of how to create your own pie. And, Absolutely. and I think that it doesn't stop there. I think that it, it goes to the questions of when do I hire somebody? You know, in the conversation that we were having before, you said, you know, your business will tell you when you need to hire somebody. And I'm a little bit at odds with you there. And maybe not at, at odds is the wrong word, but I think a little bit differently. I believe that you create the firm that you want to have by taking the actions necessary before they're necessary. So if you say, okay, I want to have, at the end of this year, I want to have a $2 million law firm. And right now it's a $500,000 law firm. And I'm, I'm using top line revenue, even though I'm allergic to using top line revenue, because that's something that our listeners will be able to relate to. I like focusing on the bottom line, what you're taking home, but let's just use this as an example. So that's a big, big threshold to cross 500,000 to 2 million. You know that how you can do that in one year? by picturing what does my firm look like when it's $2 million in revenue? How many people do I need to have working for me? How many leads do I need to have coming through the door so I have the clients necessary to produce that? And when you look at the finished product, you can then understand what you need to put in place along the way to make that happen. And without doing that exercise, without having this abundance mindset of realizing that anything is possible, you're just going to wait for your business to tell you you need to hire somebody. But if instead you purposely hire somebody because you know that we're going to $2 million and I'm going to need another attorney, or I'm going to spend $4,000 a month of marketing, even though I can't afford $4,000 a month of marketing right now, because I know that in order to bring in $2 million in revenue, I need to be spending $4,000 a month in marketing. You're going to make those tough decisions based on where you're headed, based on what you're stepping into. And that solves so much of the, the things that we struggle with every day. I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I should do that. Well, just believe that if you take the actions that somebody who's a $2 million law firm is going to take, that you will attract $2 million of business and you're done. It's consider it done. And that's, we have, people have such a hard time wrapping their head around that and a hard, and a hard time taking the risk of making moves before they're ready, before, right. oh, and, everything and is in alignment and I'm all set up for that. 
And that goes back to the fear and faith comment that I just made. You know, you can't operate in fear and still be able to take these kinds of leaps in faith that you're talking about. Because it right. takes a lot of, you know, believing in yourself is a whole topic, right? We could do yeah. this. We could delve into that. That's just way deep, right? And so, and then believing believing in in the in the unseen because that's what you're taking, you know, these steps into is to step into the unknown, into the un, um, you know, the uncreated. Yet you're trying to create something and you don't even know if that's going to work out for you. And so, all of that, I think, is what all in all stops people and you got people with great quote unquote potential who just stay stagnant in the same space for years and you know way smarter than you know even I've had conversation with lawyers and I'm like damn this guy is really smart like so much smarter than me but yet I'm living a much better life because I am able to step into faith and I'm able to take risk and bet on myself. And so it's really ultimately what you think you are capable of doing and whether you're just going to have the, you know, just the cojones, so to speak, to just go out and get it. And right. It and, takes, and you know it what? Takes it's something. And Kara, it's calculated risk, right? No, we're not going to sit here and tell you, hey, go bet the farm. Just, you know, it takes risk to have reward. Just go and, you know, spend every dollar you have and borrow money on credit to be able to make it without a plan. No, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, is that you need to believe in yourself enough that you, you remove the fear from the equation so that you can take those risky steps that's necessary to accelerate your success. Any law, any lawyer, in business long enough will ultimately eventually get to a point where they feel like, okay, I'm successful. But why would you want to wait 25 years to be, to be, to be bringing home $250,000 a year on income? Why not this year? Why not this year? You know, whatever that number is, why, why do you want to wait 25 years? Do you know what the opportunity cost is? The what is opportunity cost? Opportunity cost is, what is it costing me to not achieve this right now? And if you sit down and you say, it's okay, I- It's costing you a life. It's, you're right. It's not just the dollars, but if we use it, it's use dollars, life. it's an easy thing you to know, understand. You know, the title of my book, 28,000 Days Make Yours Count, the reason why I, I use 28,000 days was to break down for people what this life really is. You know, on average, you live seven, you know, a human being lives about 75 years. Some live longer, some live shorter. My dad lived 42. You know, obviously some people live to 100. But on average, you have 75 years here. This is not a dress rehearsal. We're lying, right? And so with that being said, if you have 28,000 days, do the math on how many of them you've already used. You know, every day that you're not achieving what you really, really desire, you're, this is, you're missing that out. Like you're missing out on that in this life. Like, it's not like you get it back. And right. so when you say opportunity cross, it's not dollars at all. It's life. It's lifestyle. It's experiences. It's time right. with family. It's the traveling that you want to do. It's all of those things. When I said laptop lifestyle lawyers, because I can crack open my laptop, you know, in Bali and still be making money and being in an environment where I really want to be versus being in an office because, you know, I can't afford to take that trip. 
You know, that's what it's all about is you have a practice, you have a, you have a business, you have a, a career, you have a, a, a skill that you can be anywhere in the world at any given time, you know, creating abundance for yourself and your family and living your best life. Why not have that versus, you know, what many people settle for? And it's like, you don't have to settle for this. It's like you, you, you're got to get out of your own head. And let me just go back and say, one of the things that I know that our legal community is not always into, or, you know, maybe doesn't get involved in like, as you and I did in multi-level marketing, but that self-development work that that'll really build your faith muscle is so important. It's that belief in self, that belief in, in the fact that you have this universe that is ever supportive of those desires. You know, I always say desire is opportunity seeking expression. You would not have the desire to do the things you want to do had it not been possible for it to actually happen. And the desires you hold in your heart, Moshi, are not mine and mine are not yours. So evidently you're equipped to bring yours to pass. I'm not over here doing summits. Right. And that Mm -hmm. never even crossed my mind. And so Because it's not and now that you participated in it, it's never gonna cross your mind. It's just not something that I'm created to do in this lifetime, but you are. And so understanding that part of, the, of where, you know, for me, I think what really helps me is that it's 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 not just something that like a woo-woo, oh my god, I believe faith. It's it's um it, it's a, an educated faith that I have. It's a it's a faith based on facts. It's that this actually, me taking a leap, believing that my desires can come to pass and that I am going to make it happen. Like I know it's going to happen. It's almost like I'm writing a check and I can deposit it, giving you a due date and it's going to freaking clear. Right. My, uh, my coach, James Wedmore talks about this idea, this concept that you have to consider it done. It's an, it's knowing that once you have decided, once you have made the commitment, you have the absolute belief that it that it's already happened, and that's how you achieve success. Um, and the example he gives is the sun rising, right? Do you go to sleep at night and wonder, is the sun going to rise tomorrow? Or do you go to sleep knowing that the sun's going to rise tomorrow? You know, right? We, it's not a given. It, it doesn't necessarily, who knows, a, a, a meteor can hit earth and knock it off its orbit and the sun doesn't rise tomorrow. I don't know. It, it's possible, right? But we know the sun's going to rise tomorrow. And the same way that you know that in, in your bones and, and you would never refute it, that's how you have to approach whatever decision you're making. You have to know that it's already done. And if you can approach it with that level of conviction, then Fear doesn't exist. Questioning whether you're doing the right thing doesn't exist, which is where so much of our energy and our effort gets lost because we're always second guessing and we're always wondering if we're on the right track. And then we have the squirrel syndrome and we're like, oh, there's another opportunity. I'm going to go do that. There's another opportunity. I'm going to go do that. And instead of focusing all of our efforts on the thing that we already know is is going to do it, we're trying to put our eggs in multiple baskets and try different things. And what ends up happening is, is you just get a bunch of diluted water with nothing to show for it because I didn't focus my energy on the one thing I needed to focus on in order to get to where I'm going. Um, It's interesting because so much of this conversation ties into 
the crux of my main program, my flagship program that I take lawyers through when they first come into my world is a 90 day turnaround program where we focus on getting focused, right? With the entire 90 days is focused on creating the plan of how you're going to get to where you want to go. Because so many people are on this journey without a plan. Imagine you get into the car and you're like, I'm going to drive to my destination, but I don't know what my destination is. You're never going to get you're there. You're never getting there. And no. your, your and likelihood gonna, of driving in circles is pretty strong. And I'm going to add to that is that many people don't even really have a good grasp of where the hell they are and they're getting in the car. It's like going in, putting a Jeep in your GPS. What is the first thing it asks you for? What's your location? Right. You need to have an accounting of your location. And I think that, again, going back to when I look at what it is that I offer to the marketplace, it's because I have a very clear accounting of the value that I bring to the marketplace. This is where I am. This is who I am. This is what I got to offer. Now, this is where I want to go. Okay, so now let me have a plan for that. And because I know where I am, I know what the next step is. And then the next step is, and then the next step is. It's not just, you know, oh, let me shot in the dark. And that's why when you say, you know, it's just not betting the farm. Of course not betting the farm. You're being strategic because you know where you are. You know where you have, how, how far you've come. And so then you can also leverage that to believe in where you're going. And then from that space, you know, then you can go, okay, this, is this a sound plan? And, and that's why I think it's so important also for people to have coaches. You know, lawyers, not many lawyers have coaches. And I'm like, how do you not have a coach? Like I never function in life without a coach or without some kind of accountability from someone outside of myself because I can't see everything because I'm in it. Sometimes you just need someone to be like, oh, can I point something out to you, right? And, you know, you may not be able to readily find that around in your circle, but if you have someone who, you know, you can stay in touch with and connect with, you know, that's what I do with my clients all the time. It's just touching base. Like, how are you, you know, we're, and then sometimes, you know, if we don't talk, you can, you can see them veering off. It's like, hey, yo, come back here. Come back here. <laughs> <laughs> You're this on the median. You're about to go into the trees. You're going into the trees and, and they don't even see it. They're like, oh yep. my gosh, I didn't even realize I was going to the trees, you know? And you know what, what's funny is is I tell I um I don't know if it's funny or if it's reality, but I tell my coaching clients when when we start, I tell them, what is what is my job as a coach? My job as a coach is not to tell you what to do, it's not to direct you, it's not to even give you ideas. My job as a coach is to help you see what you already know. Because you already know inside of you what the next step is. You already know what the right step is, what the wrong step is. We sit there and we wonder, you know, it, what am I doing? Is this the right decision? Is this the right decision? And we, we struggle with it. We, and, and instead of just going with our gut and acting and then finding out, oh, I took the wrong action. This didn't work. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to take a different action. We sit there in this, this state of overwhelm of wondering, you know, what, what do analysis I do Analysis paralysis. <laughs> yep. It's analysis paralysis. It's second guessing your decisions. It's getting distracted by, by shiny objects that might get you there faster or differently. Um, and in my position as coach, all I need to do is ask you the, the right questions to help you see the answers you already know. Yep. And 
I, I think that uh, there's a there's a um, a book, the question behind the question, QBQ, um, and it, the entire concept is that you need to make sure that you're asking the right question, right? Um, so whenever you have a symptom, whenever you have an issue that's happening for you, you need to ask yourself, what is really the problem? Why is this really happening? So many times when I go through and I ask people like, what is the struggle? What is the thing that is preventing you from getting to this result? And they give me surface level issues. They give me, you know, oh, I don't know how to get leads in, or I don't know how to, you know, I, I, I'm struggling with figuring out who the next hire is that I need to have, or I can't get this employee to do X, Y, Z. Those are all symptoms, but what's the real problem? Like, why are you not able to do that? Ask yourself why, always question why. Why is this a problem for me? And why have I not resolved it yet? Why am I still sitting with this problem? And when you start asking those questions, you'll suddenly start to realize that there's a much deeper thing that's driving the symptom that you're seeing. And that is usually based on fear. It's usually based on your insecurity of uh, what, what you're doing and whether you're even heading in the right direction. So you, you leave the problem to fester because it feels better to know that you have that to deal with, then I have to actually fix the real problem that's underneath that. Yeah, change your questions, change your life. Um, that's what it really is. It boils down to, and that's what we do. For me, as a coach, that's what I do. Is I just ask the questions. And it's so funny because, you know, I, I listen to myself and sometimes I'm like, is this really what I'm getting paid for? I'm just asking, <laughs> I'm just asking really obvious questions, but not obvious, like you said, for the person that's in there because, you know, it's fear-based and they don't even realize what's driving this, this um, you know, wheel on in, in mud kind of a thing. It's like turning and spinning and just being there. And it's easier to be there than to address it because then if you're addressing it, then there's action that you have to take that is foreign. And, you know, our ego really is here to keep us safe, is to here to keep us, you know, people always look at ego as this like pompous attitude. No, you have your ego that's also trying to protect you as you know yourself. And so for you to break out of that and expand, it's uncomfortable for your ego because it's like, wait, 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 who am I now? You know, I'm not, I'm not complaining. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm supposed to be miserable. Like, why am I... You know, why, why are we seeing the light at the end of the tunnel right now? I don't want to do that. And so when you can really step out and look at that for what it really is, then you can take massive action. And, um, and many times the, the, the action that you need to take is really not even that massive at all. It's like so small, but in our heads, we make it like this, you know, mountain when it's really just a molehill. Right. Absolutely. And I, to be fair, I, I want to make sure that I'm clear about this. I have a coach. I don't oh, I see my own, coaches. I don't see my own crap. Oh, you know, I and, have many and, coaches. Are you kidding me? And, How would I ever we, be able to perform in, in this life without one? Absolutely. And from when I started in the Mary Kay world, that's when I found out about this world of coaching. And I never had, I got into my pink Cadillac because I hired her. That was my first coach. Helped me get into my pink Cadillac. That was a big goal. You can't get into these. Like I've never, I've never gone into a pink Cadillac before. Like it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of stick to itness. It takes a lot of dedication and focus on 
focusing. And so if you don't, I, like I, I wasn't used to focusing on focusing. I wasn't used to working with a calendar. I wasn't used to, you know, making sure that these tasks that I, that I had my six most important things to do that I didn't let the day close without, you know, finishing these things. These are skills that I developed because I had someone outside of myself come and hold me accountable and, and help me with these tools. And so, yeah, very important. Yeah, I don't I don't like to use sports analogies when it comes to business. But when we look at people who perform on a on a public level, you know, Olympic Olympic contestants, uh, quarterbacks and and, and players on a on a football team, uh, on a basketball team, on a baseball team. Look at all the jobs that are driving the success of that team coaches. There's a pitching coach. There's a, there's a, there's a quarterback throwing coach. There's a, there's a running coach. There's a, you know, there's coaches for literally every position and everything. Um, Why is it that they have those coaches, right? You would think that that person has been doing this for long enough. All they need to do is just keep practicing and stay in shape and they'll be fine. But the reality is, is that we get in our own way all the time. We get in our own head. Get in your own way, you get in your own head. Yep. And we question our decisions and we question whether we, um, you know, something that my my wife does all the time is, and people do this all the time, but she does it to another degree. Um, And I don't want to, oh, she's she's never going to listen to this, but um, she she (laughs) has buyer's remorse. When she buys something, she spends hours or days afterwards agonizing over whether it was the right decision. And people do that also. Like you need to get, you need to understand that when somebody signs up with you, uh, you know, maybe in personal injury, it's a little bit different because they're not actually writing a check to you, but in any other, um, in any other practice area where it's not contingency and they're literally parting with dollars and giving it to you. And when they sign up with you, they leave. And the first thing they're doing is questioning, did I make the right decision? And if you recognize that that is the first challenge that your client has when they walk out the door, then you will create processes to make them feel better about their decision. Like maybe somebody from the office calls an hour later and says, hey, I just want to welcome you into the family. We're so excited to have you as a client. We can't wait to work with you. Here's what you can expect next. Imagine what that one phone call can do to change somebody's experience and remove that buyer's remorse. But the reason I brought up buyer's remorse is it's a perfect example of understanding what it's like to get in our own head. You already made the decision. Why are you questioning it? You came to that decision for a reason. You probably weighed all the pros and cons before you made that decision. It probably wasn't a knee-jerk reaction. So why are you questioning it now? Why are you wasting your mental energy and and going back and, and questioning whether or not that was the right thing to do? When you're operating in your business, one of the key areas that this happens a ton is marketing, right? I choose my marketing strategy. I carefully choose it. I'm going to do, I'm going to write blog posts. I'm going to do a blog a a week. And that's going to be my marketing strategy. Two weeks later, I wrote two blog posts and I've got nothing to show for it because it's the first two blog posts and nothing's happened yet. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait a second, maybe I should be doing video. Let me go. And I'm going to go start publishing video. And that's how that, and that's how we operate and constantly questioning the things that we're doing And if you just, if you approach it from a strategic plan that you thought out from the beginning, and then you just stick to your plan, you'll have success. Now, maybe your plan was wrong. 
that might happen, but you have to see it through to be able to determine it was wrong. You know, for the law firm growth summit, I never share, I didn't share this publicly, but I'm going to share it right now. Last year in 2019, we did a free plus paid model. We did a free ticket. And then when you, once you got your free ticket, we offered you an upgrade to a paid ticket. This year, we went, we decided to go straight to a paid ticket model. We're doing an event. It's like, a, it's like an in-person conference, but it's virtual. Nobody gets a free ticket to an in-person event. So why would they think they can get a free ticket to an, an in-person virtual event? We're going to do a paid ticket. And two weeks before the event, we had 300 people signed up for the event. We were literally not selling any tickets. Like it was, it was, maybe it was less than 300. It was, it was minuscule. And at that point, I realized, although I stuck to my plan for this length of time, I realized that ch changing the actual business model of how we were successful the first time was a mistake. And that's when I decided to pivot and make it a free ticket. We ended up with 2,300 plus people registered for the event. So sometimes that will happen. Sometimes you'll make a decision and you'll see that it was a mistake, but notice that I waited until there was a point of no return. In other words, if I didn't change the model at that point, then my entire event might be a failure. At that point, I said, okay, we, we have to switch back. And you know, there's reasons behind why I wanted to go to a paid and without a free, but ultimately it was a major lesson learned for me. But guess what? Next year, I'm not making the same mistake. When I run the event the next time, I'm going to have a free ticket option at the front end of it. And then I'll have the paid upgrade behind it. We've learned from doing it. We've taken action. We realized that the action was the wrong one. We learned from it. And now we're going to have the right action the next time. So th the fact that you took the wrong one is not a failure. It's a success because you've learned from it. But if you didn't allow it enough time to get to the point where you're certain it was the wrong one, you're going to constantly question whether it didn't work because you didn't give it enough time. So now you're going to go and try it again. So you're going to waste your efforts. You're going to go back and you're going to keep going in circles of all these different things that, oh, and then the ultimate line, right? Marketing doesn't work. I tried them all. It doesn't work, right? Yeah. And to me, it's, uh, it's uh, something that I heard. I can't remember when uh, or who said it, but fail fast. Fail fast because you are going to fail. And failure is inevitable. And that's why success is so sweet is because of the failures. And so if you think you're going to launch into this business world and start and never fail, you're so sorely um, mistaken and disillusioned. It's just not the way it works. Um, life is a series of failures um, because you've got to learn from them. They're, they're yeah. lessons. It's just, again, it's just the words, sales failures. They have such a bad rap. They have such a, you know, such negative connotations loaded into them that we don't see the gift that they are. Um, but ultimately failure to me is a gift. The faster I can fail, the faster I can learn, you know, the better off I am. And I, and I, and I ask for that. I mean, I've literally asked God, like the universe, like, please, whatever I'm doing, if I'm not on the right track, can I realize that I'm screwing up fast, <laughs> please? So I don't waste, you know, resources and time and energy into something that's not working. 
But if I, if I am sold out that something is going to work and there are no signs of it not working, I'm sticking to it, you know, and, and somehow, some way it always ends up converting. And so, you know, it's really having, having that, um, that, that strength of mind really to, um, to see failure that way, to look for where you need to make adjustments. And if you, there isn't anything, leave it alone. Leave it alone. This perpetual starting, you know, starting over and starting over and starting a new thing and a new thing and a new thing. It's like, you know, um, you, you never end up building anything if you if you can't just give some things time. And we were talking about that right before the call about you and the summit and you know your return on that and what that looked like. And you know, you're still you're still putting seeds in the ground. You know, you don't see farmers go out and put all the seeds in. You know, plant. For, for, you know, they're, 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 I don't know what seeds they plant, you know, beans or whatever, and they just rip it right out of the ground. You got to water it. You got to let the sun do what the sun does. You know, time has to go by. And then eventually you have a harvest, but you right. can even go and borrow money on it because it's freaking going to harvest one of these days. It's just not today. Right. And even, and, and with that example, you know, if you keep digging up the dirt every day and checking on your seed and then putting it back in the ground, it will never grow. It needs to stay there and germinate in order to grow. Um, and that's what happens with businesses. You can't keep check, digging and checking to see if it's going to, you know, you need to just execute and then see the results, allow it to, to play out and allow it to see the results. Um, one of the examples I give is, is you know, with, with marketing is SEO, right? Uh, SEO is not, a, not an overnight success thing. It takes time to rank in the algorithm. It takes time to produce enough content with enough keywords, with enough backlinks to be able to rank on the first page or number one for a search term on Google. So, so many people say, oh, I've hired a marketing agency for SEO and I paid them a gazillion dollars. And, you know, after three months, I pulled the plug or after six months, I pulled the plug. But you pulled the plug too early. If you if you truly wanted to be successful at SEO, you would recognize this is a twelve month journey, and also recognize that if it's costing you two or three thousand dollars a month, then you're making a commitment for thirty six thousand dollar investment in your business because you have to carry it through for the year. So if you're not if you don't have the means to do that or you don't have the mindset, don't get to do started that, in the first place. Then don't start it. You're wasting your money because you're going to pull the plug too early and then you have nothing to show for it. It's never going to grow. It's not like, oh, the work they did for 3 months is going to produce results. No, it won't. Because it needs that consistent continuous effort to make those results happen. So much of 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 success in business is consistency. It's abundance mindset. It's, um, what else did we cover today? Oh, um, we covered all. <laughs> <laughs> and really standing in your own power, you know, that's, that's, right. you know, believing in yourself, believing in what you have to offer, believing in your special sauce, believing that no one can beat you at being you, you know, that no one can, can really come in and compete with you in your own lane. You're in your lane. You're in a league of your own. You're doing your thing. Keep your head, you know, down, watch your, you know, stay in your lane. You know, have you ever tried driving and, and looking on the one side and looking in the back? You're going to crash. You got to stay and look ahead of you and do what you're doing. Stay in your lane and believe that, you know, what you've got is good enough. 
that's something that most people are walking around with, with these, you know, inferiority complex, like somebody knows more than you do. Everyone came on the scene the same way. You know, I say that all the time. I know it's a little gross. People don't like to talk about that, but I came out of some woman's, you know, what, hoo-ha. Right. And so, so most of us do. So did I. <laughs> right. And so we all came here. It's an even playing field. Right. Yeah. And yeah, some people got a, a chance to be exposed to different, you know, content and different programs growing up or whatever. But at this point in the game, um, with this information age that we're in, if there's something you don't know, you can probably freaking learn it. Right. If there's right. some kind of, you know, some kind of deficiency that you think you have or whatever, you just go, go learn it if it's really necessary for you to have that. Otherwise, be good with who you are. Be good with what you have. Be good with what's going on with you. And then just full throttle, press on have a clear a clear vision of where you're going and believe enough in yourself to give yourself a fair shot to give your law firm a fair shot to be a reflection of this vision in your head um and that's pretty much that's, you know, that's what's brought Mic me drop. here <laughs> my job right yeah that's what's brought me here i can't you know people are like oh my god how did you do it and i don't freaking know how i did it i just kept doing i kept exactly waking the, up that's the point that's up. That is the point, right? Um, because if you look at any successful person in history, any of them, how did they get to where they got? Because they kept going. That's it. Keep they swimming. Like, like Dory and Finding Nemo. I'm sure you know that. Yeah. Um, keep swimming. Keep yeah. swimming. You know, keep showing up and believe. Keep showing up. Believe. Show up. Believe. Show up. Believe. Show up. And I mean, come on, how do you not hit the promised land if you keep doing that? I can't Thomas see Edison, any other, I, I can't see any other uh, any, anywhere else to land but success if that's what you're doing. And that's what I subscribe to. And guess what? I do have bad days a lot of times. You know, things don't go as planned. Things come up. Everybody has those. You know, so you're not special if you're having a rough day, you know, like this is, it comes with the territory of this whole human experience thing. But at the end of the day, get up, dust yourself off and try again and do it. Right. I mean, look at Thomas Edison, you look at Henry Ford, you look at Bill Gates, you look at Elon Musk, you look at any Jeff Bezos, anybody that, that you look up to as somebody who has achieved success. Yes, they, they were a visionary. But the truth is, is that if you look at it, they didn't have the vision of where they, what they're known for when they started. That's right. Right. That what they started with was persistence. I'm going to continue and I'm not going to take no for an answer. And I'm not going to, no matter who was saying no, whether it was the experiments that were saying no, or whether it was people, investors that were saying no, or it was, you know, in sales that they're saying no, not taking no for an answer. I'm going to keep going because I know that if I stick with this long enough, I will get to a solution. I will get to something that is going to be a winner for me. Um, and I think that ultimately, uh, if, if there's one takeaway from this entire interview, it's just stick with it. Don't, don't give up. Don't stop your efforts prematurely. Stick with it. And ultimately, you're going to achieve success. So, um, Kara, how do people, this was awesome. <laughs> how do, how do people follow up with you? How do they take the next step with you? If they really enjoyed this interview? 
Oh, well, they can follow me on social, LinkedIn at Cara Vival Official. Um, my website, thelaptoplifestylelawyer.com is also uh, a, a place that they can find me. Um, they can email me from there. They can DM me. Um, if, you, if you just Google me, you'll find me. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, we will link all of that up in the show notes. It'll be in the description right underneath the podcast. Kara, thank you so much for spending time with us and, and being so um, giving with your time and your, your story and all of your experiences. This has been a great conversation. It's been, uh, we've been all over the place, but ultimately I think that there were a lot of golden nuggets hidden in this podcast and hopefully you can hear them probably go back, listen to it two or three times uh, to catch them all. I know that I will go back and re-listen to it uh, because I really enjoyed what you had to share. And I want to make sure that I didn't miss anything uh, as I was sitting here behind the microphone talking to you. So I want to listen as a listener as well. Um, and folks, if you really enjoyed this conversation and you're this is your first time listening, you want to make sure you hit the subscribe button so you get notified every time that we release a new episode um, and share this with a friend. Because ultimately, that is how we get how we get people to know that we exist. Imagine if every single one of my listeners shared this podcast episode with one friend. We'd double our listenership, right? So just share it with somebody. Um, take this one episode and say, hey, this is a must listen. You got to go listen to this conversation with Kara. And we'll, 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 have, we'll have a bunch of new subscribers come in and that will help us build the momentum and the impact that we're trying to create with the Profit With Law podcast. And uh, we release two episodes a week, every Tuesday and every Thursday. Tuesday is just me, yours truly, sharing my insight or lack thereof with you. And every Thursday, I bring you amazing guests like the one we just had uh, with Kara. And I'm so excited to put this out into the world and share it with you. And we'll see you next week. Take care. That's it for this week's episode of Profit With Law. If you have enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with at least one person. Imagine how many lives we can change if we each shared this episode. Another way to share the episode is on social media. We appreciate your support and look forward to you joining us again next week.